It's time for JT the Brick. So what do we want to talk about with the Raiders? With the seventh pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select. It's a big moment for this organization since they moved to Las Vegas. The first four or five picks have to be electric. They have to be great Raider players who are starters, not developmental guys with parking on the practice squad. We're done with that. We have no room for failure. JT the Brick. Oh, a reminder, I want to go all defense. 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 I want to go all defense because the Raiders are loaded on offense, absolutely loaded, and then their defense is vastly improved because of the draft. That's my perfect scenario. So that's what our programming is going to be like as the flagship of the Raiders over the next couple of weeks is the draft. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose, and that's it. Are you with me on that? And now, just win, baby. Here's JT the Brick. JT, as we continue, final hour of the week, Bucket of Modellos. Modelo, they bring us our Friday here, Bucket of Modellos, to reward ourselves for a great week of sports talk radio. If we have one, and we think we did. It was a good week. Really excited about it. And next week's the huge push as we get you ready for what I think is going to be an unbelievable NFL draft with the Raiders picking seven, maybe earlier, maybe moving back. We'll talk about that with Jesse Merrick coming up from News 3 LV. As he gets in here for Raiders Roundtable, first time I've worked with Jesse, outstanding. And get ready, everybody, Lincoln Kennedy, he is different on this podcast. I've worked with Lincoln for a long time, since he retired. I covered him when he was a live player on the team, a great player. And since he got into broadcasting, and for some reason on Roundtable, because he's great on the broadcast, great on the sidelines when he was doing that. But Roundtable, he comes in and drops knowledge, and sometimes drops bombs. And Lincoln, what we're about to play is different. You know me, I've been talking about defense, 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 not Lincoln. Lincoln's got a different look at that, so we'll get into that. I just want to say again, as I said in the first hour, last night my wife and I went to the Vegas Golden Knights, had an unbelievable night. I was up in the press box. My wife was sitting down with my buddy Vegas Mixer and a couple of friends there in Section 18, and we had a great night, and we were on the edge of our seat. As that game was really close, the Knights were trailing one nothing after one, then they scored two, and then the Jets tied it up, and then Vegas just blew it open late in the game, which was huge. Mark Stone, Mark Stone, I didn't think he was playing good to start off the playoffs. It took him about maybe five periods to get going, but the captain showed big. The fortress was wild. It was unbelievable. I had a great night last night, and I did three hours this morning on Mad Dog. Look at your watch. I'm on a hell of a run here, and I'm fired up because of the Vegas Golden Knights win. Let's get to Raiders Roundtable. Earlier this week, Jesse Merrick, News 3 LV, and the great Lincoln Kennedy. Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. I'm JT, along with Jesse Merrick from News 3LV, and the great Lincoln Kennedy is going to join us in a little bit. As we get you ready for the draft, a little more than a week out, and Jesse, welcome in, and this is a big one. All of Vegas and the Raider Nation need this draft to hit big, and it starts right about now. Yeah, they definitely do. Stoked to be on talking about the draft. This is a fun time of year. You know, as a fan of the NFL and for Raider Nation as well, got to be excited for what's to come. They got a full slate of picks. This is the first opportunity for this coaching staff, you know, to be able to dive into the draft with, again, that full slate. 12 picks, is it, right? Uh, You know, to really be able to address the many needs on this team, specifically on defense. Yeah, they got to have a big draft either way. We're going to dive into it heavy, talk about the importance of certain needs and positions, the star power early in this draft. 
And one of the big things that I'm thinking about is, do the Raiders move up? Do the Raiders stay at seven? Do the Raiders move back and accumulate picks? And that is all on the table. And this organization, led by Dave Ziegler coming into the draft, they are stealth on what's going to happen here the way they should be. And they've had a lot of visits. They went and saw a lot of players, and a lot of players, Jesse, have come in. But you take a look at this. The Raiders are loaded. 738, 70, 100. I love 109 right behind 100 there. I think those first three or four picks, depending on how big they go, I've been talking about four out of five starters. Three out of four starters instantly. They got the firepower to do it. Yeah, you do that, and it greatly changes this team, right? If you're able to get that many starters out of those, I mean, five picks in the top 110, you know, you got to love, you know, that aspect of it. Uh, You know, we've seen over the years the way the drafts have gone for this team in previous regimes. They didn't quite work out. You know, Josh Jacobs, one of the lone survivors of that group of the last, what is it, six picks. Um, You know, so you need to hit on those, and those are the things if you hit on, on these players in the draft, those are franchise-changing moves, you know, that can build the depth for the future and build that star talent on your team. So if you were able to do that with that many picks in the top 100, you're going to accumulate a lot of talent. Well, none of this is on Dave Ziegler and the yeah. great gentlemen before and former GMs and some of the picks that happened here really are the reason why the Raiders are in this predicament, period. They've had a couple of drafts and recent drafts where they took really good players high and those players didn't work out. And people use the term crapshoot, and they try to figure out the science of the draft. It is hard. It is hard. Now, if you have the number one or two pick overall, if you have seven, like the Raiders at number seven, you should be able to get a great player, not a good player. But the problem is this organization has been reaching the last couple of years. Alex Leatherwood, Damon Arnett. Cleland Farrell, all players that played at a very high level in college were going to be high draft picks, but the Raiders reached for them instead of taking the best player available. You miss on two or three of those players, and they missed on five or six of those players. It puts the organization back. Now Dave Dave Ziegler's got to come in and figure out how to clean it up. Look at this, building through the draft, total snaps from drafted players the last five seasons. The Raiders are dead last. By a lot. Yeah. I mean, this this graphic is staggering with the Cowboys in the top three and the Raiders at the bottom. I mean, you're talking about almost 40,000 snaps right there with the Jets behind them, the Rams, who recently won a Super Bowl. Jesse, that can't happen. No. When, when the, something like this happens, this is according to Warren Sharp, who's really good at this, the Raiders did not hit the lottery. In the draft, they were just the opposite. They bottomed out, and that's why we're sitting here today trying to figure out what they do next. Yeah, I mean, that, that, like you said, it's staggering. I mean, look it at is. that, 11,904. Next closest is 47,244. That is unbelievable. And you would have thought, you know, when you look back, you know, the last handful of years, you think, okay, six first-round picks in the last three drafts. You know, if you're able to hit on half of those, this team is so different. As I noted, and we all know Josh Jacobs, the lone survivor of that one with this team, and he's been great. But, man, think of how different this franchise would be with a couple more playmakers, you know, a couple more guys that they possibly would have hit on. It's a game changer. And, again, in the NFL, yeah, you can bring in free agents and things like that, and you can win doing that at times, but you build through the draft. You know, and look at the position that the Rams are in now, right. trying to reload. They they did mortgage the future. They got a Super Bowl out of it, they so did. I'm sure they would do that again. But they end up having to start all over. And where are they going to start from now? They're going to start building in the draft. And look, that's where Dave Ziegler comes from. I have tremendous confidence in Dave from talking to him on and off the record about what he wants to do. Yeah. He sat in that chair where you are and said that he doesn't want to go out every year and get five free agents. That's yeah. not the plan. But they were able to do that, and they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. And I thought the Raiders had. 
a very solid offseason. First off, they brought in a lot of guys. Yeah. They brought in a tremendous amount of bodies. But they brought in Jacoby Myers. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. If you look at the depth that they have on offense, the offense is loaded. There. Now, how they play is up to Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G and what they're going to do. But the key going in is most in the Raider Nation that I talk to on Raider Nation radio or on social media, they're kind of divided. They want to go up and get the franchise quarterback for the future. Why not? We saw Kansas City do that with Patrick Mahomes when they had Alex Smith. Alex Smith was a hell of a player, but they saw Mahomes and the rest was history. Do the Raiders go and get that quarterback and think about it, or do they just get the best defensive players available? I lean on that side. My side is saying if you can get Max Crosby three new starters – and make sure that they're from the back end to linebacker to up front. I think the Raiders can flip this pretty quickly because the offense is going to stay on the field longer. The defense is going to be resting more, and then the defense is going to have younger, fresh legs. But none of that means anything, Jesse, unless they bring in starters. This is not the. This is a new era in the NFL. Young quarterbacks play quickly, mm-hmm. and starters who come in better start, and they better contribute in that first rookie contract that they have. Yeah, big time. I mean, again, that's what's going to change the fortune of a franchise. You noted the fact that like you have got to get Max some help on defense. You can't put it all on his shoulders. Imagine, you know, what he could do when he's not relied upon to be the lone playmaker on this defense. And obviously, Nate Hobbs has shown some good things. Health is the one thing with him uh, that he has to continue to to do to be out on the field and whatnot. But surround those guys with as much talent as possible so they can dive into the scheme and get things going there. But, you know, uh, you noted the quarterback thing. If you're going to do that, you got to jump up into that third spot, that third pick with the Cardinals there. What's that going to take to do that? And how does that hurt this team in terms of being able to add bodies, add talent specifically to the defensive side? I just think, you know, initially when we were diving into the draft, you know, a couple months back, I was thinking, oh, you got to trade up. You got to get up in there and get a quarterback. Now I'm like, like you said, get those bodies, add the talent on defense and build that way because that's what's going to change this franchise the most moving forward. The way I've looked at drafts throughout my career and here with the Raiders is I just look at one thing needs. I don't know who's going to be left in the third round. No one does. We don't know who's going to be in the fifth round. I don't even pay attention with that. That's what Dave Ziegler (laughs) does in his scouting department. But let's take a look at some of the needs, what some mock draft experts and other people think about the silver and black going forward. And I'll start off. I think the two biggest needs are corner and defensive tackle. Yeah. Or defensive tackle and corner. If the Raiders can get out of this with the first couple of picks and pull that off, then I think they're set. They got two starters on defense who will start day one. They'll be impact guys. And then we look at the offensive line again. Because of the draft pick of Alex Leatherwood, who should have been a perennial all-pro right tackle opposite of Colt Miller, the Raiders got to go in and get an offensive lineman at some point, either a right guard or a right tackle, because swing tackle's okay, and having someone who's a seventh-round pick and developing them, but this is the NFL, and the Raiders got to get a stud at that position. Yeah, I would agree. And I think you and I are in the same you know, uh, thought process here, that corner and D-tackle tops on the list right yeah. there. Uh, obviously, we see down here they're saying you know quarterback and uh, uh, guard or the two top ones you know look you don't go after and get a guy like Jimmy G if you're going to say that your quarterback is your top need right now so I think they gave themselves some time to maybe figure that out pick someone later on in the draft uh, but specifically on the right side of the offensive line you said it you know they're banking on guys like Alex Bars and Jermaine Illuminor you know playing above you know above and beyond and building off of what they did last year and let's be honest like we know the offensive line needs work but also at the same time this offensive line helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing you know that's something I think that we need to remember and realize that it, they, this staff too also going into the season 
clearly thought, hey, we're going to go with the offensive line we have and use these guys and, and coach around it. And they were able to do that for the most part. But like you said, you lock that down. You got the bookends of Colton Miller and whoever they possibly get at right tackle or get a stud at right guard. And that's a game changer for this offensive line. Just less in terms of whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Jimmy G right now or a quarterback of the future, don't have to worry about guys just flying around, getting in their face and not trying to scramble and run around. They can sit back there and run this offense, dink and dunk and, you know, death by a thousand cuts type of thing. You made a really good point. This offensive line led the league in rushing with yeah. Josh Jacobs. That is fantastic. They went into camp last year with seven players. Mm-hmm. They were trying to work them in, even at the Hall of Fame game and throughout the preseason. Dylan Parham was the first pick for Dave Ziegler yeah. because of Devontae not having a first and second. He's a starter on this team now. Now, Andre James looks to be a solid, not elite, center. Colt Miller has got to start his Pro Bowl run this year. That offensive line is better than what the mass media gave them credit for or didn't give them credit for. All right, mock drafts. I'm not going to go too deep, but I worked on this one. Here's what I think it's going to look like in the early part of this draft. So we'll keep this up there. I have Bryce Young going one. I think he's the best quarterback. But C.J. Stroud, the combination is going to be them flipped. Yeah. One, of, one of those two are going to go one and two. I'll go with Bryce Young. Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher with Arizona, I think is the pick they need. No more J.J. Watt. They can bring him in. He is a beast. Now the question is, does Arizona trade out of that pick? Mm-hmm. I could have had a trade there. I left it their best players. I'm believing this Anthony Richardson hype. Not that he's elite. But the world's going crazy to get him, yeah. and I don't see him getting past Indy no. at number four. Now, here's the big one. Jalen Carter, who was in this building. He is the best defensive player in this draft. He might be the best player, mm-hmm. but some of the issues off-field. I have him dropping to Seattle at five because Pete Carroll, his entire life dating back to college at SC, has worked with players deemed to be in trouble and turn them into great players. I think that's a perfect fit for the Raiders if he drops there, but I'll go there. And then the edge rusher, Detroit, if they get Tyree Wilson outside of Hutchinson, that's going to be the best young pass rush without a doubt in football. And I don't think – I think Wilson is one of the guys going up the board. So here I go with my seventh pick overall, and I've been saying this for a while. I think that Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois, who I watch play – Every game, because my wife went to the University of Illinois, <laughs> and we watched every game. He is the stud corner along with Christian Gonzalez. I have Christian Gonzalez or Witherspoon, but when I really dug into this, I had to go corner Jesse at number seven because he is a physical player. He's a coverage guy. He can get to the ball. He can tackle in space. And this would be a day one impact starter for the Raiders. I, I compare him to what Namdi Asamoah meant to this team when they got him. They wanted yeah. to plug and play him, and he would be a great player to lead this team for the next five, six, seven, eight years. He's the guy I think that they're narrowing in on. You know, again, the popular pick right now is corner, whether that's Gonzalez or him, but he's the guy I lean toward as well. You know, you and I, you know, maybe not the best podcast fodder here because we agree on a lot of different things, but man, I mean, this guy, like you said, the full package. Look at and his he size. Plays with that edge, yeah. This is a guy that plays corner like he's Ray Lewis. I mean, yeah. he's out there laying his body on the line, throws his body around with reckless abandon. you got to love that. But on top of that, he's not just that you know old-school physical type guy. He's also a great cover corner, too. Like He's twitchy, fast, rangy, has good you know, pickup speed if he gets beat, and he can play in any type of scheme. He can play outside, he can play inside, and that's something this staff values is that versatility. That's why I think if it comes down to him and Gonzalez, I think they go after him. Not that Gonzalez can't do that, but he's more your prototypical height, weight, speed type of guy. He's fast, he's got good hips and things like that, and can mirror guys. But with Witherspoon, he's got it all and then brings that edge, that physicality to the table that Gonzalez doesn't quite have. 
Now, let me just throw this in to add that. Now, he could be gone at six to Detroit. I really think Detroit has that need, too. Mm -hmm. But Tyree Wilson is an unbelievable player, and the Raiders could take him if Wilson's still on the board. (laughs) Wow, what a beast they would have (laughs) with Max and Chandler Jones. But either way, remember that Nate Hobbs went to Illinois also. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they went to Illinois for that player and this player, and Nate Hobbs is good. If you can have Gonzalez, or I'll go with Witherspoon, along with Nate Hobbs developing into a starting corner, not slot corner. We know he can play the slot, but someone goes down, you can have two Illinois corners on the side who are really good together. So we'll get back to that with Lincoln Kennedy, who's going to join us. Lincoln's going to come in, and his specialty is everything. He's unbelievable on this podcast, and especially the offensive line. What needs to happen so the Raiders can get out of this draft with impact players? The great Lincoln Kennedy will join us next on Raiders Roundtable. Roundtable brought to you by America First Credit Union. I'm JT. Jesse Merrick joins us from News 3 LV and Raider legend Lincoln Kennedy, who's also on the broadcast team. And Lincoln, you work so hard in the regular season. You travel (laughs) a little bit of downtime, but I know you not a lot of downtime because you're prepping for the draft. How are you? I'm doing well, Jesse and JT. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, look, here's, here's the thing. We talk about a performance-based business. That's what we are evaluating with the Raiders. The draft is is every team's chance to say that they can move themselves up and be a lot better the following year. So it's very important, especially with the number of picks the Raiders have. All right, so let's begin the big question, the elephant in the room, quarterback. Do the Raiders stay at seven, hope that a quarterback, the top four, drops to them? Do they trade up? Wow, and get real aggressive, and that's going to cost them, or that they just forget about the quarterback early because they have Jimmy Garoppolo. The only problem I have with a team in the top 10 taking a quarterback is that you kind of force the issue that you should start that guy. I believe a top team play, a top 10 player is a starter. A day one starter. That's the reason why you got him. The reason why you're in a position to draft him. I don't think the Raiders need a quarterback at number seven. Look, there's going to be a lot of snow that's going to fall with the top five picks because there seems to be a mad rush by a number of teams to jump up to that position or jump up in that top five and draft their quarterbacks. We might even see something that hasn't been done before where the first four picks are quarterbacks. So I don't think the Raiders need to jump there to get a quarterback. They have many other needs to address, and there's a lot of good players that they can take at number seven. Yeah, so Link, I mean, I'm curious with you then, at number seven, you think those quarterbacks will be gone? You know, what what direction do you think they go there? Uh, You know what? I I think that you can go – I would go corner. Look, I I, I did a lot of Pac-12 football this year, guys, and I watched Christian Gonzalez at Oregon. I think he's he's a stud. You guys were talking earlier about the the the, the kid out of um, out of uh, Illinois that might have played with Nate Hobbs. I think you you could probably get someone like that as well. But you need help because the corners – in this division, and in, 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 well, the corners in this defense, I should say, Patrick Hunter's defense, are very important. They play a lot in space. they got to be good tacklers. I think we saw a stud develop in Nate Hobbs. you got to find a way to keep him healthy on the field. But when you talk about the possibility of drafting another corner to complement Nate Hobbs on the other side, I think that's equally as important. So they, I, I would go corner at number seven, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, Lincoln, I agree. Let's follow up with that because Dave Ziegler brought in a lot of corners this offseason, a lot of players that are going to compete either the start or 
or to be backup. There's, it seems like there was a lot of rotational players brought in, along with really good players like Jacoby Myers. We mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. The offense seems to be pretty loaded. But when it comes to corner, where do you stand on this with the pass rush getting home and Max trying to get home because the corners are covering better. The problem with this team is that the coverage has been so soft over the middle of the field that when Max turns the corner or Chandler Jones or they're blitzing, the quarterback's able to make an easy throw off of one of these cornerbacks in the pass for an easy first down, and then boom, the defense is defeated. They go back and they're on the field instead of getting off the field, giving the ball to the offense and doing their job. I'm confused. Is it the defensive edge pass rushers not getting home, or is it the fact that the cornerbacks here haven't been covering to give Max more opportunity for sacks? Defense is all about complimentary football, so it's a combination of the both. But the fact is you've got to have a physical corner that can stand up at the point of attack to slow down and disrupt the timing of those receivers. you got to give Max Crosby a chance to get back there. You know, Think about the way he had an unbelievable season. You watch the pass rush. Look, as an offensive lineman, we knew that there, if we'd gone, be, gone beyond four Mississippi, there was going to be a sack or the quarterback was gone. So you have to hold up for at least that point, and the corners have to do the same. The problem with this defense is there is such a wide area over the middle of the field. You've got to have a physical corner that can take a lot of that space away. Yeah, no, that's very true. And so as they continue to build through the draft, obviously, you know, it seems like you're saying, you know, defense, add as many bodies, as many picks as you can in that area. What's the next position you'd like to see them add there, you know, following corner? Safety. I think you have a big hole at safety. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily from a tackling standpoint. I think you have a big hole at safety from a coverage standpoint. You play against a lot of good tight ends and a lot of good slot receivers. Unless you have a nice shutdown corner and another one that can complement them against a tight end, then you're going to have holes open with safety position. So, it, look, a lot of this draft, in my opinion, guys, is addressing defense. You can go defensive tackle. You can go safety. You, you, hell, if you can find a stud linebacker that can cover a sideline to sideline, you can go that route either. But uh, that route. But there's a lot of plays, a lot of players that this team needs in order to be day one starters. All right, Lincoln. As I look at the depth chart here, they brought in Marcus Epps, who played 20 games for the Eagles last year, including the Super Bowl. He didn't miss a game. He's penciled in at safety. Then we get to right. Trayvon Merrig. You called all of his games. I think this is a make or break season for him. He's a good player. He's more of a center fielder. I always say he plays on the warning track. You know, he doesn't catch any balls. He doesn't come up right. and make a lot of impact plays. He's more of a conservative player, but he's on this roster. And then Robert Spillane at linebacker is interesting. He's a plug-and-play starter. They did not bring him over here to develop him in a rotation. He is one of the linebackers there. So I'll push back a little bit on this one. I think with Epps in here as a starter at safety and the fact that they have Merrig and they brought in Johnson, I think defensive tackle has been a really big problem here and not bringing in another guy, not a rotational guy in the fourth, fifth, sixth round and trying to develop him. You know, this Jalen Carter kid, he could drop to seven. He might go to five, the Georgia kid who had some problems off the field. And I think the defensive tackle field is loaded. So as Jesse and I were talking, if the Raiders can go defensive tackle corner, corner defensive tackle, those will be important needs. But you call the games with Jason Horowitz, and you see what's happening on the back end. Let's stay on what you see with the issues that we have at corner and especially at the safety position lately. Okay, to break down what you're saying, JT, I like Spillane. I like the addition of Spillane because the linebacking core has had issues covering tight ends, especially yes. in this division, okay? So I like the addition of Spillane. The only problem that I have with Epps and Merrick is coverage. Good tacklers in space. 
take pretty good angles and make good tackles, but I have a, an issue with covering in space uh, and, and, and coverage. And that, again, goes back to the, this premier division that we're a part of that likes to showcase tight ends and uh, slot receivers over the middle. Okay, I'll, I'll say this one time about Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. In light of the recent turmoil that the Raiders have had off the field, I'm less reluctant to draft someone who comes into the draft with t- trouble off the field. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I know, tremendous player. Can be a, a tremendous asset. But I just don't want to follow that lead. When you talk about Arnett, you talk about the unfortunate rugs, you talk about what the last couple of first rounders have had. I don't want to follow that lead. So I'm less reluctant. Th- this draft is deep, is, is heavy in defensive tackles. A lot of young guys might be somewhat of a development. But in my issue with this defense and this defensive line, it's all about rotation. How can you keep that rotation going? I don't need a steady starter. What I need is a rotation because I want to try to keep these guys fresh. And I think that's what you want to see. And, and that's what teams that have gone to the Super Bowl over the last five, six years have had success with their defensive line. A good rotation, keeping those guys fresh. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. The last yeah. couple of Super Bowls they've been in. That's exactly what they've done. So I think that's key in this instance. Yeah, so definitely with this one, obviously, it seems as though you think, you know, again, like you said, waiting a bit there for D-tackle. So, obviously, you're an offensive lineman. You know, you played the position. What's your take on the right side of the line? Do you feel like that's something they need to address within these top 109 picks that they do have? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Address it as much as possible. And there's a lot of good tackles out there. Okay? There's a lot of good, depending on what you want. Um, This is a team that likes to push people around. Uh, Jermaine Illuminor, nothing against him. He's a swing tackle. He's not a starter. You've got to address this offensive line. You've got to address that right, that right side. Whether it's at guard or tackle, you have to address it because you've got to find a way to keep Jimmy G up. The thing is that Jimmy G's history over the last couple of years has been marred with injuries, have been able to finish the season. So we know he's got a problem keeping healthy. You got to find a way to keep him, uh, uh, you know, standing straight up. And I know you guys addressed it with the, the running game. It's a combination to me. Not only was Josh Jacobs running hard last season, the offensive line was doing what they did, especially with their man blocking. I like the physical nature that they showed me and they had on film, but you, there's a big hole. There's a glaring hole, especially in this division, especially in this division at right tackle on the right side of this offensive line. So you kind of just answered what I was going to ask, but I'm guessing between the two right guard, right tackle, you're prioritizing getting that right tackle position locked tackle. down. Tackle without a doubt, Jesse. Tackle. Well, Got to get tackled. No shock here, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Wanting a big tackle there. But the problem is there aren't many Lincoln Kennedys coming out, going to Atlanta, and turning into right. one of the greats to ever play. So, Lincoln, I need to know just theory for you on this one. The difference between a first and second round tackle and a fourth and fifth round tackle. These are grown men. I've always said, go get a player that was cut from another team. but Been in the league seven years. You see his film. You know what he's got. Or go get someone high who's a can't miss. And when this organization went with Leatherwood, it really turned him back badly. Because not only did he have to play, and he was paid to play, it didn't work out, and they quickly decided to get rid of him. So... You got me sold on a first or second round pick on the offensive line, but once you get to the fourth or fifth round, I'd rather get someone in free agency or get a player from another team that's caught who I got film on and I know he can play against the big edge rushers in this league. You know, I look at success when guys have done in some of the smaller colleges because the, the, the big issue with me in offensive line play, especially in college guys, a lot of guys aren't really taught how to block. They're taught how to hinder, and there's a difference. You get in someone's way, you slow them down, you get the pass off. That's a hindrance. Blocking, 
being physical is what I want to see. And, you know, there's a guy like out of Oklahoma, Antoine Harrison uh, Jr., mm -hmm. who's six foot five, 315 pounds. He's a little junior, a little bit, but he's a road grader. You know, you talk about guys like Cody Malch out of North Dakota State. I mean, these are studs that have had success on the collegiate level that I've watched and paid attention to that might fall into that second or third round day. And yes. so what's the, what's the problem with, with, with looking into that? You know what I mean? That second day can be huge, especially with the number three picks, of the, the, the yep. third round picks that the Raiders have. So that could be absolutely huge. And I agree with you. You made a point earlier, JT. You talked about how the first five, six picks should be day one starters. You're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. That's how much this team needs. We need immediate impact, but you got to do it right. And so there is so much pressure being put on the staff with their first draft, this number of picks to have an impact and show performance. This is the AFC football is the best in conference. Okay. It's the best in national football league. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be able to compete. We haven't been able to consistently beat the Kansas city chiefs. We're running kind of even back and forth with, with this, uh, the chargers. The only good part is that we've been able to own the Broncos, but they're going to get better. Yeah. What yeah. happens when you fall even lower in this division with everyone else like Buffalo, you know, and, and out there and stuff like that? So you got to be able to perform. You got to be able to have immediate impact when you draft this class. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, let's stick with the offensive line here with you, just in terms of what this uh, staff has done thus far. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but we saw Munford and uh, Parham both come in, play some, you know, big time minutes for this team. What's your take on how they've evaluated those guys? You mentioned just late picks for them. So in terms of finding diamonds in the rough, if you will, at the, at the position along the offensive line, do you like the evaluations of what they've done so far with the picks that they have had at their disposal? I think Parnum had a good year as far as developing throughout the year, okay? And, and Munford, it's still a development. He's a little slow-footed, especially to be exposed on the right side in this division. And when you talk about this division, you got to look at pass rushers in general and what we've seen. Munford is a little bit of a slow-footed guy. He's got he's to be able to get downhill. you got to protect him with a tight end or a chip back. So, you know, as far as development, the Raiders were put behind the eight ball because they didn't get the performance that they wanted out of John Simpson and the other guys that they had last year. You know, so they, they weren't really ready for this. It was kind of the development in, in the process. I'm concerned with the overall health and longevity of the quarterback that we're going to have penciled in as a starter, Jimmy G, if you don't have that protection addressed. Yeah, it's a good point. you got to protect Jimmy G on the blind side. You should be able to do that with Colt Miller, clearly, and then get someone at right tackle who can do that. All right, guys, I'm going first. Trade scenarios. And when you put together a mock draft, and Bucky Brooks and everyone who's been working with this organization, when you're going to do it, you might as well throw a couple trades in. Yeah. Well, then it's just a generic mock draft. So I'm going to go first. Here's my big deal. The Raiders are trading into the first round. They're going to stay at seven, and they're going to get the corner, and then they're coming in, and they're coming in big into the first round. I don't care much about third and fourth rounders. Been around here a while. Unless you can blow me away. Mad Max, that's a throwout statistic in the fourth round. Brilliant player. I'd like to see them go in and get Porter, the, a, a corner if they don't get the corner and they get defensive tackle. Or if there's a great player, as Lincoln's talking about, if there's a guard or a tackle, or especially a defensive player, because I'm all defense in this draft, all defense, go into the first round and grab them. Go look at your thirds and your fourths and your seconds next year, not your first, and say, we're off to a good start. We got our stud at number seven. Let's trade up to number 18, 22, 21. So I'm going to predict, and I don't know this to be true because Dave Ziegler's going to watch this, <laughs> but I'm going to say we go flying into the first round, Jesse, and get two first-round picks, two defensive starters, 
and the Raiders are off to the races. How about you? Yeah, I'd say that's a great way to kind of kickstart things, like you said. For me, I think more than anything, I think the opportunity there is going to be trading back out of that seventh pick. The big question, though, is, you know, how far back are they willing to go? You know, I, I think their biggest bet would be that if Will Levis falls and someone is in love with him. And, and one team in particular that jumps out to me is the Minnesota Vikings. I believe they're all the way back at 23, though. That's a long way to jump if you're the Raiders to go back that far. The big question is what sort of haul do you get in return? Like you said, though, you're not trying to add, you know, threes, fours, all those things. So you're hoping that you add, you know, a handful of twos in future picks. But uh, to me, that's, that's the biggest opportunity in terms of trading back. Otherwise, who else is trading up into that seventh spot, and, and who are they going to take? That, are they willing to move up that far to take someone that's not a quarterback? Lincoln, they gave up a first and second for Devontae. I thought that was brilliant. He's the best receiver in football. He was an impact guy, but the Raiders only won six games. Lincoln, if you see a trade scenario, simply you're moving up, you're moving back, or how far are you moving back for picks? With that seventh pick, guys, I want to take Christian Gonzalez, a defensive back out of Oregon, okay? Then that second and third pick, I want to trade so I can get another tight end. I want a tight end that's going to be like a Luke Musgrave or Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. I want a tight end that's going to be able to stretch the field because I think that's what they what they they, they need. Look, the, the addition of O.J. Howard as, as, well as, as well as Austin Hooper adds a little padding to the cushion yes. to it but they still need a tight end to stretch the field. If you remember these offenses, if you remember the style of offenses that came out of New England, and you remember they had the performance of a slot receiver and a tight end that put them over the top, I think those are the best the, the best gifts for uh, the quarterback in this system. And so that's what I look at. But I like Christian Gonzalez with the first pick. Then I still think you can get a nice, a nice guy to tackle or guard at day two. All right, Lincoln, we will see you in Vegas. You'll be here for full draft coverage here at Raiders.com, Raiders Television, Raiders Radio. So we're looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. It's going to be a big day. Thanks for joining us on Raiders Roundtable. Jesse, JT, good talk to you guys. The great Lincoln Kennedy. When we come back, we're going to take a look at Bucky Brooks' mock draft. He's really good. He's got a great reputation with the mock drafts. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what he has. Raiders Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union. Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union. Jesse Merrick, JT, thanks again to the great Lincoln Kennedy. So we're just getting a feel for what the Raider Nation thinks, what we think. Mock draft season is here upon us. Everybody's got a mock draft, a mock draft podcast. We're having fun with it. Now we're going to take a look at Bucky Brooks, who also helps out the Raiders here. Great job at NFL Network, all the work that he does. We'll put his first uh, seven side-by-side -side with mine. And we got the quarterbacks flipped, and he's really big on C.J. Stroud. We both have Will Anderson. But this is where it gets interesting with Anthony Richardson. I have him going number four, Jesse. He's got Richardson dropping yeah. a 20 to Seattle. 
which I think with Geno, I'm not a big Geno Smith guy, so I think it'd be a good fit there. Mm-hmm. And you have something to say on Will Anderson out of Alabama. Yeah, I think with him, you know, we obviously the tape needs to speak, you know, to, to the player. And look, the production is obviously there. The timeline's there. He was the number one recruit coming out of college. He's been in the conversation for so long. So I think he's kind of been inserted into this, oh, well, he has to go high. But if you look at it, a lot of it is kind of like, yeah, he was surrounded by a lot of a talent and stuff like that around him. So he kind of pops and breaks open free or the quarterback had to hold on to the ball forever and he gets the sack. It's not necessarily when you watch him jumping off the page that, wow, this guy's got this incredible elite type skills. Whereas when you look at a guy uh, like Tyree Wilson, he's a guy that teams have to account for. He's a monster. He's got that height, weight, speed, the length that teams you know look after. That's why I think he's going to get the edge. And I'd be shocked if he gets past Arizona at three if they stay in that spot. Very interesting with Tyree Wilson, as I wrote his name down a couple of times. That's where the draft, I think, is going to flip. Yeah. Right with that player because he's got to be on the Raiders' radar, too. If he Ask falls them. there, he's an elite player. But for Indy, I think that Indy's going to go quarterback. And if they don't, well, they're going to have a rebuild because they really don't have anybody at that position. And it's really fallen apart for them the last couple of years because the quarterback, since Andrew Luck, they brought in a bunch and they haven't been able to work yet. But I'll say this about Bucky, too. I got to give him a lot of credit on this. There aren't many mock draft, and he's a former player, that are saying that, you know, Will Levis is out of the first round. And probably he's right to say that because. As Lincoln Kennedy said earlier, I think there's a big run on the quarterbacks here because young GMs, and this is another important point, young GMs, not guys in their 60s and 70s, been around the block. They want to get their quarterback. Mm -hmm. They want to build their franchise because they don't think of job security eight, ten years down the road. They want their quarterback for long-term job security. So all these quarterbacks are going quickly. And Levis and Richardson, probably in years past with drafts that had Elway, Andrew Luck, you go to Peyton Manning, maybe those guys weren't first-rounders. But all of a sudden, with the way the league is changing and the fact that rookie quarterbacks can't break the bank and you can go win with them, great point is Jalen Hurts. Congratulations to Hurts on getting that contract that, man, I don't know. I think Levis is going to be taken in the first round. And I'll go one more. Hendon Hooker, who might have a third-round grade or a second, he's going in the first round because these quarterbacks are going to be gone. And someone from 18 to 30 is going to say, there's no way I'm passing on him. Yeah, I think Hooker goes before Will Levis does as well. You know, I think he's a guy that jumps into that first round. And maybe Levis slides out of the first. Who knows? But I I don't think he's necessarily going to command the attention that a lot of teams hope. I know earlier when we were talking about trade scenarios, you say, you know, hopefully someone falls in love with him at seven and they can trade back. You know, again, I don't really think the possibility is quite there. But you never know. Like you said, a quarterback, as young GMs, they want to figure that out. You get that position figured out. Everything else kind of takes care of itself. You can start to address the different holes on your offense. I mean, just look at the turnaround for the Bengals once they got Joe Burrow. And I know he is an all-world type talent, but if you get that position figured out, I mean, you can rest so much easier knowing that you can fill in your roster and that guy's going to take control of things and it changes the fortunes of the franchise. But a big radio topic for us on Raider Nation Radio, and you always appear on with your great insight, is the quarterback position now. Yeah. Justin Herbert could get $400 million. Joe Burrow could get $400 million. We just saw Jalen Hurts. Very cap-friendly deal, but a lot of money. $51 million will be his average yeah. salary. Then you got Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe I'm hosting Raiders Roundtable with you. We don't have any closure with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, this is crazy. And then Lamar Jackson, who's an MVP at 26 years old, he's watching all these quarterbacks fly by him with guaranteed money and average money, and he's saying what's going on here because yeah. he doesn't have an agent. So. As we get ready to wrap this up, remember, there's always hype around the quarterback. But for the Raiders, again, the Raiders, 
The Raiders have an opportunity to use the term thread the needle. If the Raiders can go four out of five, we want the Raiders to bring in nine guys. They all make the team. That's not going to happen. Some guys are going to get drafted. They're going to be on the practice squad. I want to know who the impact players are going to be. I am confident that Dave Ziegler has worked the entire offseason with a fresh new scouting department. Different eyes. And what have they been telling us? What is the one clue that they've been giving us? They want faster, stronger and more explosive players. And the word explosive, air quotes, is the key. They want guys like Witherspoon, if he can get to the football, he explodes to the football to get to Mahomes. If it's a defensive tackle, the first burst is good enough to break the double team. So smarter, more athletic, but remember, explosive players. If the Raiders can get out of the fourth round, with three of those guys on defense, then it's going to be tough for the critics to say with the size and strength of the Raiders' offense and offensive line, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, two new tight ends with experience, Hunter Renfro, Dorsett on the outside, and again, a fullback leading Josh Jacobs and Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a really good team, but it's only a really good team if they can nail the draft on defense. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing. When you look at this team, yes, they're picking seventh overall. They are what their record says they are, the old cliche and whatnot with that. But also, too, the cupboard is not bare. Yep. There's a lot of talent on this team. You noted specifically on offense, this offense is stacked. Loaded. And then you bring in a guy like Jimmy that can run this offense. Again, the big question is on defense. But again, still, cupboard not bare there either. You've got guys that are talented like Max, Lightning, and then you obviously bring in Epps. You hope that he comes in and pops. And like you said earlier when we were talking with Lincoln, Trayvon Merrick, a big season for him. But if you can add, as you noted, three, four guys that can come in and start and play – I mean, that totally changes the fortunes of this defense. Let's take a look at what we think some of the positional picks are going to be here as we look at this graphic. If you're watching it, if you're listening to us here in the early rounds, you know, I got corner and you have corner with that first pick. That seems to be consensus for us. I'd say so. I mean, like you said, it's one of those things that they talk about all the time that the pass rush works in tandem with pass coverage. You go ahead and lock it down. Get a guy that can be that elite island-type corner. Pair him with Hobbs, and then you let Max and that D-line go to work. It's going to make life so much easier on them, especially in this division where you can kind of blink at the receivers and make life tough on the quarterback. All right, let's take a look at our second pick overall and what we think they're going to do. I'm huge on defensive tackle. I could flip-flop this, no problem, and sleep well. Defensive tackle one or two. I'll go defensive tackle two. I got a list I put together of 11 defensive tackles, and after Carter... Um, can't see from Pittsburgh. You got guys like Mazai Smith from Michigan. They're going to be players there that'll come in and start. You also believe D tackle's important. I do. I think it's huge. You know, another guy I've kind of looking at, Brzee from Clemson. Yes. You know, he's a guy, one of those dudes that just comes in and, uh, you know, doesn't play or doesn't look the size that he's 300 pounds like he doesn't play like a 300 pounder you know the way the move the wiggle the hips and things like that are good you mentioned the kid from Pittsburgh it's an easy comp with the Aaron Donald thing but similar type body size and whatnot so you can get a guy like that that can get in there and rush the pasture create some issues for this team for other teams opposing teams that is up front through the middle of the uh, offensive line there that just changes games for quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, they talk about it all the time. I remember when Tom Brady was playing, they're like, well, yeah, if you get some pressure up the gut, you know, it's, you're going to make life rough for him. That's every quarterback. Yeah. You know, if you can get somebody that can do that, and then you have Max on the edge, game changer. So they need to attack, uh, they need to really hone in on a defensive tackle that can rush the passer. Let's go to our third need here when it comes to the picks. We differ on this. I go yeah. linebacker, you go offensive lineman. This is where you just flash a Greg Beekert. <laughs> Greg Beekert alarm here. Yeah. The Raiders haven't had a good linebacker in a long time, and my buddy Kirk Morrison was a good player here. I'm talking a long time, and Denzel Perryman came in 
uh, from the Chargers, and he was a good player here. Yeah. Very good player. But the Raiders need a linebacker that can go sideline to sideline, blitz and get to the quarterback, but most importantly, cover. So why did I put this here? Because I think Dave could find a defensive linebacker somewhere and say, you know, I saw some tape on him covering a tight end. I saw some tape on him, you know, bluffing the blitz and getting into coverage, not tackling and defending a pass. The weakness of the Raiders on defense, not this past year, for years, and their weak ranking is because their linebackers haven't been able to cover in space. they got to find one in the draft who can do it. Agree 100%. And obviously, you and I, we talked to you. We're flip-flopped on this in terms of our next pick, so I'll talk a little more about the uh, linebackers there. But for me, especially on the offensive line, you got to get somebody there at that position, specifically for me at right guard. I like what Jermaine Illuminor did the back half of the mm-hmm. season. He really turned it on, didn't allow many pressures. In pass protection, he was very good. Uh, I believe, like, top three, top four at the position from week seven on, you know, in terms of pass coverage, uh, pass protection, and whatnot. Uh, and then we saw what this offensive line did run blocking. But you got to get somebody, I believe, at right guard. No offense to Alex Bars, but find somebody in there, road grader type of guy that can continue to make this offensive line that, uh, that threat in terms of a rushing attack, but also somebody that can block and block cleanly. How many pre snap or, or even as the games are going on in terms of penalties and whatnot for holding have we seen from this offensive line over the years? You got to get someone that plays the game clean at that position because that'll be imperative for them. And quickly, I'll follow up with you. You have linebacker here at 100. Yeah. So do you? agree with me is it a run stopper or a coverage guy I think you want a hybrid guy. of that yeah coverage definitely guy. a coverage a coverage guy for me because you look at Spillane he comes in and he is that you know uh, Denzel Perryman type of guy that heat-seeking missile gonna go in there and stuff the run so you want somebody that can come in there and cover I mean look at the different people in this division the tight ends the running backs that you have to cover you need somebody that can go out there and do that and I, I think later on in the draft you're not gonna find somebody that's as well-rounded at that position it is deeper a lot of these linebackers are gonna probably go later than you think so you can get a top guy a little later in the draft but they're not going to be that full package so I think you hone in more on that coverage type guy all right we got a lot of draft coverage coming up Raiders.com silver and black production does an amazing job so we got the Raiders draft special April 25th that'll be 5 p.m. the draft coverage kicks off day one on the 27th we got a lot of coverage on radio online television it's going to be unbelievable the draft on the 27th at 5 p.m., the Raiders are going to do a big job here. The coverage is going to be available. And then what my favorite part of this is draft coverage day two. Mm-hmm. Because day one, Roger Goodell did a great job. Put it on prime time, one round, give everybody a taste. But then day two is when this opens up. And that's when Dave Ziegler goes to work. April 28th, we'll know what's going to happen with the first round. The Raiders are going to get a great player there. But day two is where these scouts, Dave and his staff, go to work and try to build this team. For Jesse Merrick, I'm JT. Thanks again to the great Lincoln Kennedy. And thanks for watching and listening to Raiders Roundtable. Thanks again to Lincoln and Jesse. They were fantastic. First time working with that group here. Q's always with us on Roundtable. He'll be back as we'll probably do one more. Uh, right when we ra- uh, rack up and wrap up what we're going to do with everything that comes through after the draft. And we don't know what's going to happen, but next week we know we're going to be buried. It's a big week for the entire channel here and everything we're doing on the flagship. So I don't even know everything Q does. He's the PD. He has his show, but we're going to have a lot going on, especially the day of the draft, the night of the draft, as we'll be hosting it from 3 to 5. Myself and Eric Allen, Lincoln Kennedy will jump in. We'll have Vinny Bonsignor. We'll have live hits, and we'll be right underneath the war room. Literally, the Raiders podcast radio facility is right underneath, separated by the ceiling of the war room, 
with Dave Ziegler is going to make those selections with his entire staff. So this is a week we've been waiting for, and we're going to know, we're going to know what the Raiders look like right after that. We are going to know what they look like after that. And my impression is this, and I'm going to leave you this for the weekend. I'm going to the fight, Tank Davis, Garcia. I can't wait for that at T-Mobile. I'm so pumped up for Saturday night. But here's the key, what we've been talking about as we lead up to the draft coming up next Thursday. It's got to be big. It's got to be electric. It's got to have something that blows us all away, hopefully on the defensive side. Whatever the Raiders do to make it good and special, it needs to be great. I'm pretty confident Dave Ziegler and his team is going to get it right. We're going to have a good week leading up to it and hopefully a great Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then a week from Monday, more and more of that. And then we'll get to get to see these players on the field, work out and practice, interview them, and get it done. Thanks for a great week, everybody. We had a hell of a week here. So many guests, good guests. Bobby, fantastic job as always. Q on deck. Thanks for listening. Hoist a Modelo with me, a bucket of Modellos on a Friday. You've been listening to the flagship of the Silver and Black.